Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up everyone and welcome to the podcast 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host Tito and let's go ahead and jump into this. So today we're going to be talking about perceptions, right? And um, how our perceptions are kind of formed and how they play into what we end up being able to do with our lives. Um, And I know that sounds really broad, but I'm not just talking about like long term, like if your perception is one way when you're 18, like you're destined to do this. That's not the case and it's definitely not true. But um, we're going to bounce around. We're going to go in and out of the prison walls on this one. So strap up and let's go on a journey. So when I first got to prison... CSP, California State Prison, Solano. Uh, I had 15 a life. I was a lifer. Um, I got put into one block or one building. Uh, that was a building where all the closed custody went. Closed custody are inmates that have uh, heightened security measures put in place. Basically, we got counted more often. Uh, and as a lifer, you're going to start off on closed custody either which way. Um, and because I was a new lifer, I was close A, which is pretty much you get counted the most, right? You have to lock up early. As soon as it gets dark, you have to be locked up in a cell and, um, you're counted, I forget, like seven times a day versus five or whatever it is. But, um, then you go to close B, which basically means you can't go to night yard, but you can go to night day room. And then you eventually get off and, and you're regular, where you can go out to night yard when it's open and all that other good stuff. So in a closed custody building, the cops got it pretty good because most of the people have to stay inside and they're locked up. (laughs) Needless to say, I'm in a building full of lifers, right? So you kind of get formed into a mentality. um, And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of different mentalities and perceptions and everything else. When you're talking a building that, you know, has 200 um, people in it, 200 plus people in it, right? But for the most part, you know, you come in and you're going to listen to people and you're going to listen to people that are either in your same boat or have been in that boat and are now a little bit further down the line. So um, I'm going to yard with all these guys. We're all lifers. We're all homies. We're all others. So we're in the same car. We're in the same unit. We have each other's back, all that good stuff, right? And people are telling me about the system, right? And of course, you have a lot of people that are incarcerated that, you know, don't necessarily have a lot of love for authority and, and courts and all that other good stuff, right? Um, but there were also a lot of people that didn't um, believe in doing um, a lot of the jobs that were available in prison. Um, 
so there's there's a thing called PIA prison industry authority this is California once again so if you're in another state or another country you know it might not make sense but prison industry authority it's a huge industry um one they do all the stuff for prisons so I mean you have uh some prisons uh have meat cutting so they actually you know do slaughterhouses and all that kind of good junk you got prisons that that do uh body work and and mechanics and stuff and they'll actually work on vehicles state-run vehicles and all that kind of stuff yes they do license plates which is the stereotypical thing you see in movies you know oh you get arrested you go make license plates it's a joke but it's also true um but you also have um they, all the boots that inmates wear are made by inmates. Uh, the clothing made by inmates, you know. So a lot of stuff is done by inmates um, for this prison industry authority. A lot of stuff that revolves around the food that's even, you know, issued out to inmates. So needless to say, PIA, it's a big industry. And depending on what prison you're in, they might have different uh, forms of PIA. So... The prison I was at for the long, well, pretty much my whole time, Solano, they had metal fab. So they did different stuff with uh, building things, creating things, you know, with metal, welding and everything else. And I just want to put this out here. It's a lot of good trades, a lot of things you learn, right? Um, and can be used on the outside. But as a lifer... Um, when when I got locked up, lifers weren't really coming home. Um, it was it was at the end of it, but it was still that was just it. Like if you're a lifer, you're not going to go home. So you are home and screw the man. You know what I mean? Like why work for the man if they're never gonna let you out? Um, that was the mentality. Because we all knew, um, that all this work that was being done and we were getting paid, if you even got paid, you got paid pennies, right? And, I mean, this, we fueled, you know, the, the prison industry. We basically saved prison's money by doing the work for either nothing or next to nothing, right? So, anyway, um, I got all these guys telling me, don't ever sign up. It's slave labor. They work you like a dog. They don't give a shit about you. It's not going to help you parole. Why would you ever do it? Don't do it. Don't do it. Get a job where you can steal stuff and be happy. <laughs> Literally, this is this is what was pushed to me. Now let's take it outside of the prison walls. Growing up, uh, who had influence over you? Mom, dad? Maybe an aunt, an uncle, grandparents, teacher, coach, right? Uh, people influence you to do everything from politics to religion, food, right? I hate to say it, the way you feel about others, you know, if you're prejudiced, if you're racist, if you're both, you know, to make you believe stereotypes, um, to make you believe what's right and what's wrong whether it's legal or illegal you know what i mean so many people um are quote unquote and i, I say quote unquote because there's ways to get out but it's just so hard but so many people are literally born into gang life born into drugs born into crime you know and we sit here and act like it's uh something that they had 
you know, this this simple choice. You could have gone right or left and you just went left. Why did you go left? It's bullshit. Put yourself in their shoes and see how tough you would have been, how, how much you would have stood up to to what was right and what was wrong. So needless to say, our perceptions, and you guys hear me talk about this a lot, our reality is shaped by experiences and by people that are in our life, right? So needless to say, um, a lot of the views you have, you think they're yours, right? They're yours. I mean, you voted for Biden. You voted for Trump. You voted for Bernie. Because that's what you believe, right? I mean, you believe it, right? Like, if you had to die, you you die for it because it's what you believe, right? Yeah, right. Have you ever thought about things in that respect? Like, if your life was on the line, would you hold true to that line? Yeah, a lot of us probably wouldn't, right? How many of us would say, well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of think that's right. But we, we, we act like cell soldiers. And for those of you who may not know, a cell soldier is someone in prison or jail or whatever that when the doors are locked and you're safe because no one can get to you. Oh, you're a tough guy. You'll be yelling and screaming and banging and doing all this stuff. And when people say shut up, you act like you don't hear them. But as soon as that door cracks open and people can get to you, oh, crickets, quiet. What happened? Oh, 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 you're not you're not all crazy anymore, right? Oh, you were just playing. Oh, yeah, I got you, got you, got you, right? So to me, I see people posting stuff on social media and everything. And I'm like, you're cell soldiers, because you're saying you're ready for a civil war. You're not. You're not willing to put you're not willing to run up in a building and literally put your life down because someone got a vote or didn't get a vote. You're not that serious about it. But you allow social media to pump you up. I've 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 put this out there a few times, I'm gonna put it out there again. Watch the social dilemma. It's on Netflix. Great documentary. If you don't have it, get someone else's stupid username and password and watch it. Um, But for whatever reason, you liked or whatever uh, some post about Trump and it was a stolen election. And so now that's all you see. And it feeds in to that belief, right? And I talked about this in in one of the last podcasts, you know, it's a lazy brain and we just start to run with it. Yes, it, it fuels it, it fuels it, it fuels it because Google, Facebook, Instagram will feed you things that make you keep looking, watching, listening, whatever it is, right? They will continue to feed you those things because they want your attention. They want you to watch this ad so they can charge this company and they blah, 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 blah. And and you don't question it. You don't challenge it. You just go, yeah. I what I believe in makes sense. Has it ever occurred to you that's why the country's pretty much split right down the middle? And the majority of those people are what? On social media and everything, and they get fed all this line of crap. Why do you think other countries want to take over our social media and stuff? Because they can literally control us. Like you got people killing other Americans behind freaking who they voted for. Are you kidding me? 
what are we like middle ages come on now needless to say now i'm going to take it back behind the wall i told you i was going to bounce around so in prison for years i felt like because of these people these guys that have been doing it longer than me and that they were the ogs on the yard they were the ones that the movers and the shakers and like don't take that job i would go get the kitchen job why Sure, it might not pay too much. And I had good kitchen jobs. I had kitchen jobs where at the end I was making 90 bucks a month, which, yeah, I know you're probably going 90 bucks a month. That was a lot of money 12 years ago in prison. It was, you know, and I was and then my hustle was probably 300, 400 bucks a month. So I was making good money for being in prison. I was happy as a bug in a rug. But I did that. Because everyone told me doing these other jobs just helped the man, help help our oppressors, help the people that hate us and want to see us never leave prison and all this stuff, right? And then some clicked and I said, you know, I got to do something. You know, I actually got my life sentence overturned. I don't even know if I would have changed if I hadn't got my life sentence overturned, but... I got it overturned and, you know, as much as I love the money from hustling... I, I I was like, man, I I'm I'm supposed to go home now. And I'm going to go home no better off than I was when I came in. So I started going to school, but I signed up to get on the waiting list to go up to PIA Optical, so Prison Industry Authority Optical where you you do glasses, right? You literally create glasses from, you know, a blank lens and you grind it down and you put the script and at the prescription and then you frame it up and you know you send it out to to doctor's offices where they give it to patients and that's the glasses they wear right so i sign up i finally got in and so i you get in at a real bottom level pay number and everything but it was a real freaking job it it felt it took me out of prison even though everyone i worked with was inmates except for a handful of free staff changing that perception you know, and starting to listen to other people that had a different perception and hearing about the benefits of getting off the yard and going somewhere else to where everyone you had to do work. So it was more real, like it, it wasn't prison. It felt like you weren't in prison, even though you knew you were, but it felt somewhat normal, right? And yeah, did shit go down in, in these areas? Like, did people get into fights? Sure. Did 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 people get in trouble? Yeah. Did did people get fired, right, and banned and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff happens, right? Did 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 people do drugs and you know make alcohol and sure, all that. Everything. Hell, we had phones up there on, on the secure area that you gotta go through a, a strip check where you get naked and go through an x-ray machine and we still had cell phones and we would still get them down off the hill through all that security. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, all that other BS still went on. But changing my perception after freaking about eight years, <laughs> right, eight years of being incarcerated and finally switching up and saying, you know what, I'm going to do something different because I'm going to change my view, made it so much better. So out of 12 years of incarceration, for three and a half, four years was actually not not as bad, right? Not as bad. And I can't help but think, what if when I first got there, I did that? You know, and not to mention how much more 
how 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 much better off would I have been? How much more ahead of the game would I have been when I paroled if I had switched up that perception early on? So now let's take it out here. Uh, and I'm still going to use myself as an example. And I've even said this, I believe, on probably two or three of these podcasts. But the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. When he knelt originally, I didn't agree with it. And I posted stuff on social media. And, of course, I, I started getting fed more stuff about, you know, what a piece of shit he was and everything. And even though I'm a Niners fan and he was our quarterback, I was like, screw him. How dare he kneel? And there was this other 49er. I don't even remember his name. But he actually quit the team to go back and fight. And, you know, I was posting pictures of him. Like, this is what a real, you know, American does and blah, 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 blah. Until I found out why he was taking a knee and i started thinking about it from his perspective right like he's got a good job he gets paid good money he's got freaking endorsements he's in magazines and he's risking it all risking it all just to make a statement and to this day y'all to this day He's not playing in the NFL, not because of a lack of talent, but because of people's perceptions. And now you even got the NFL saying, you know, that was that was dirty, but still no one's hiring him. Now, I'm going to bring it even a little bit closer. Just recently, one of my subordinates, um, he's a, a, a Trump supporter, right? Uh, probably more Republican than just Trump supporter, but he voted for Trump and we have good conversations about this. And he was actually talking about uh, Kamala Harris. And it was right after the, uh, the debate between her and Pence. And um, he was saying, man, she's evil. Did you see the way she would kind of speak down and like tell him, no, I'm talking and like I'm listening to him. And he goes through all this stuff. And mind you, I bounce around. I watch Fox News and I'll watch CNN. Like I try to get an even mix so like I can kind of get both sides because, you know, I'm open. Like I'm never 100 percent any one side or the other. Right. I always want to hear the most so I can make the best informed decision. So he's telling me all this, and he's like, yeah. And it, and it's fallen into the rhetoric of what you hear on Fox News, what you hear from a lot of Republicans, and definitely what you hear from, like, Trump. You know, like, she's evil, and she's vindictive, and, you know, she's like, she, you know, she's the devil and all this stuff. So, and don't get me wrong, uh, I, I think I've heard a few times where I'm like, eh, yeah, she probably took it a little too far there. But from what he's saying, I go, well, you know what? Um, she hasn't said anything even close to something like Trump says in the debates, in these speeches. And I asked him, and I said, and, and I consider this guy really intelligent. He's got like a master's degree and all that. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't believe that a paper degree makes you intelligent, but he's an intelligent guy. I, I, I give him a lot of credit, and, um, and I learn from him. But I ask him, I go, if she was a man, would you think the same way? Because she's speaking on a level that they're speaking to her. But because 
she's a woman, it's wrong. But is that wrong? And is it because she's not just a woman, but she's a minority? And are we going to start questioning where she was born? Because she was born where I was born. <laughs> you know, like literally the same hospital. So, um, and he kind of left on that note and he came back the next day and he goes, hey, um, you know, I, I thought about what you said the other day and I'm not going to say I 100% agree with you, but I think you do have a point. Like, I think I might be saying some of this stuff because she's a woman. Like, if she was a man, I don't think I would feel the same way. And I was like, well, that's a bigger problem, but it's definitely a problem that is, you know, propagated by Republicans, you know, and and I will say I'm happy that um, there were some women uh, voted in in some Republican places. That's great. Um, but the reality is this, y'all, um, my perception, and I want to be clear, I'm very transparent with the way I feel about everything, is Democrats, Republicans, they all freaking suck ass and they need to restructure. We need to get back to um, what a lot of people, the the quote-unquote progressive Democrats or the, I don't even know what they call them, I guess, liberal Republicans, I don't know, but more center-of-the-aisle stuff. And who cares if you are 100%, I mean, who cares if you're not 100% Republican or 100% Democrat? I would hope that we would want to elect people that actually think for themselves. Because to believe 100% in what the Republican Party stands for, I think that's absolutely ludicrous, and it's more you were brainwashed to be that. Or to believe 100% what the Democrats stand for, same thing. I 100% believe that we need some people that don't agree 100% on either side. And yeah, they might fall into one of those buckets, but they're more, hey, this is who I am. I believe in probably more the left or more the right, so that's where I fall. But we also need to understand that if your perceptions have not changed since you were 18 and you're over 40, you probably need to open your eyes, travel, and spend time with some other people. Uh, I'm going to end this on this, which is um, in one of these DEI uh, trainings that, that we went through. Um, somebody said, don't, don't ask what you can do for someone who's going through something, right? Ask for understanding, right? Ask them to explain what they're going through. And I thought that was really powerful because we like to say things without thinking. And I'm going to use Black Lives Matter. If you're not black, hell, and if you're not a minority at all, right? How can you ever claim to say you get where they're coming from, right? I'm not black. But I am a minority. And I can, I've said it way before Black Lives Matter even existed. I've told people, like, we have people that go and talk about addiction and talk about homelessness, and they've never been an addict. They've never been homeless. They've never been incarcerated. They've never been anything. Yet they want to speak like they know what it is to be that. And you might know a lot because you've spent time with people, 
But if you're not prefacing that by saying, I have no idea because I've never been in those shoes, but through my, you know, studying, through my interviews, through my whatever, I've, you know, come to these conclusions, whatever. But to to not understand why someone who's black took offense to someone saying all lives matter when all they were really hoping for you to say is, I understand black lives matter. I understand. Not to try to change it, to understand it. Because if your mother dies of cancer and you go, man, we have to do something about cancer and someone else whose mother died of what? Of, geez, I can't even think of something else. Um, I don't COVID-19, right? And for you to go, COVID-19, that's stupid. It's about cancer. No, it's about cancer to you. And you just want someone to understand that it's about cancer because you lost your mother. So people, back to the subject here, perceptions. Be open to others' perceptions. And instead of trying to tell them how they should feel or tell them that you're going to help them, just ask them to understand. And always be open to change your perception. Because it's better to change before the shit hits the fan than afterwards. Stito, 15 to life. Love y'all. Be safe.